Do you know which is the fastest growing programming language in the world? The one which is the most flexible, reliable and capable programming language and one which plays a major role in web development, GUI programming, big data, machine learning as well as custom enterprise solutions. You're You're right, right. it's It's Python. Python. It's easy to use with strong performance and a wide range of applications. For future coders like you, Viva Coder Dubai has launched the certified entry-level Python Programmer Certification Training Course. And the good news is you don't require any experience in computer programming. By joining the course, you'll be trained and ready for the PCEP Certification Examination. Enroll now. For more information, visit www.vivacoder.com. That's www.vivacoder.com. The The starting starting place to become become a future future coder. coder. The Entrepreneurial Dash. Insight, stories and tips from Master Entrepreneur Silish Dash. Essential listening for all SMEs, startups and entrepreneurs. Well, in this episode, we have another interview special, which is great. We're featuring a social enterprise this time, an enterprise that helps organizations in the UAE achieve a greater level of diversity and inclusion. And they're doing it through socially responsible initiatives. The enterprise is called Evolving Women, and it's the brainchild of the founder, Asia Riccio, who is our special guest in this episode of the Entrepreneurial Dash. Asia, I'm so happy that you're able to join us today. It is a great pleasure to welcome you to our podcast today. How are you? Thank you. I'm really well. Thank you very much. Now, I'm going to take the back seat in a moment, but um, before that, a little bit more about uh, Asya. Born in Italy to a family of what, true philanthropists and from an early age was taught to do what one can to help those less fortunate than oneself, really. And this philosophy has led you to uh, form Evolving Women. But along the way, I mean, you've acquired considerable experience in the hospitality sector in both uh, Europe and here in the UAE. So do start with an overview of what you have been doing in the hospitality sector and what you feel you've achieved. So I started in the UK where basically I, uh, I joined the operational side of the industry. So I work in uh, food and beverage, in um, front office, uh, in reservations, and then uh, when I moved to the UAE, I uh, shifted into uh, human resources and training. So by the time I left the industry, I had a very good understanding of both front of house and back of house, and that really helped me with what I was planning to do next with Evolving Women. So that is really what the focus is, Evolving Women, of this episode of the Entrepreneurial Dash. So thank you, Asya. So at this point, I'm taking the back seat. I'm going to relax and find out more about the enterprise. I'm handing over the the microphone to Charlotte to discover. Thank you, Phil. Uh, Asya, I did read about how your childhood has uh, evolved into what you're doing today for the women in Africa at this point in time. But could you tell us some of your brief experiences as childhood and how that has led to your current venture, what you're doing today? Sure. I I was very fortunate. I was raised in a family, um, as Phil said, of true philanthropists and people who really put community first. My mum herself uh, unfortunately lost a mum when she was very young and her stepmother uh, took her out of education at the age of nine and uh, she became a victim of child labour and abuse. 
So when she grew into becoming a woman and the mother of three children, she um, decided to dedicate most of her life to helping young girls in Africa and South America who were uh, basically very close to, to, to follow her footsteps. So she was basically helping them through education, paying scholarships for, for them to go to school so that she would, they would not end up literally touching it. So that really inspired me and it really guided me throughout my life in putting community first, putting women first. Um, so once you are raised in that, in, in that environment, what I do today wasn't, wasn't really a choice. It's, I, I just go into it as, as it was not organic progression, really. That, that's fantastic, actually. You seem to have some very nice hospitality experience as well, as you were just discussing in UK, mostly, I guess. And also many hours that yes. obviously are going through the internet, I saw that. And you're using that knowledge today uh, from your childhood to make a big difference in improving employment and reducing social inequality in Africa. How easy or difficult was that journey for you? It was very difficult. Uh, it was very difficult because I was trying to do something that, uh, especially here in the region, was wasn't done before. So I was really going against so many odds, <laughs> from the setup of the company to all this misconception you have in Africa of what women can and cannot do in the Middle East. So for me, it was I, I thought I was going to Africa, I was meeting a group of women and you know, offering them to come to Dubai and have this wonderful experience. And the reality was actually when I went to Africa, women were quite quite skeptical in coming to the Middle East because they had this uh, uh, misconception, right? So there were so many odds. There was a lot of educating women, sharing experiences about what I was able to do in the UAE, things that I wasn't able to do in the UK. You know, here I was, I was growing from manager to director in, in the space of a few years. Think something that back home would have taken me 10 years. So actually, it was about more educating people, but there were many odds. People who had never been to Dubai actually were asking me, why are you doing it in Dubai? You're Italian, you know, you, you, you worked in the UK, do this in the UK. Why Dubai? And I'm like, no, because if I can do this, and by doing that, I can also change the perception of what people think of the Middle East. Why not? I'm just wondering, can you give us an example of um, what you've done with a hotel? Mm. And they've come back to you and said, well, that's great. Without that, we'd be really, really stuck, especially in COVID-19. Have you got an example? So what we do, uh, because I don't think we have, have actually explained what, what we do. So um, what we do, we work with unemployed women in Africa. Um, we usually partner with NGOs uh, on the ground and uh, um, we, we basically provide them three months training online and offline in Africa and we prepare them for interviews with hotels in the UAE. Once they receive a job and a contract then they come to the UAE for two years, they work in the hotel and we provide them with education. We have several partners uh, from um, universities to PwC, Accenture, and we provide them with, with skills, employability skills throughout the two years. At the end of the two years, we then help them find jobs back home so that they can go back and contribute to their communities. Now, throughout COVID, of course, we had to put the program on hold just because physically they could not travel to Dubai. The borders were closed. The moment the borders opened, we start working again with hotels. Why? Because our program provides them with motivated employees, number one, um, uh, women who are here to change their lives, so they would give you 110% because they are making a change in their lives. 
on uh, on the top of that, then you also doing um, um, you also embedding social responsibility in your HR model. So it's a plus plus plus. So we didn't change anything of what they do. We have just added even more value to their employment process. The entrepreneurial dash. That is really nice because I think it's important to mention to here to our listeners that at Frightens we are promoting micro entrepreneurship and particularly freelancing, which consists of people working using the skill for a side hustle to make a living at their own time and not bounded by a corporate environment. It seems to me, Asya, you are doing exactly the same, and uh, you are trying to achieve what we also trying to achieve. I think uh, as an institution, as Fight Trends. I also believe that because of uh, you don't only do training of women, you also do some online from your site. What I could see. So, could you take us what shape that is taking since the pandemic has happened? Oh, it has been a journey because we used to do lots of um, face-to-face training in Africa, but also in the UAE. Of course, that changed completely once COVID hit, and we basically moved the whole curriculum to an online platform. Um, and that was good for several reasons. First of all, uh, we could scale much faster. We could reach women now, not only in Africa, but we're looking at now India. We're looking. South America as well, so it, you know our model has changed completely just by moving our curriculum to an online platform. It's self-paced, so it, you know you do it when you have time, uh, your at your own pace. And especially in our uh, in our enterprise where women come from all different backgrounds, um, you cannot have one curriculum for all. So by moving things online, we are able to to create different pillars, different courses to stimulate learners in different ways. Some of them can read and write. So it's very much video-based instead of just reading uh, a chapter. So we were able to customize and really adapt our learning to different types of profiles. So that would mean you had to do that in many different languages, uh, I would guess. Yeah, we're getting there, yes. (laughs) (laughs) But also, if you could shed some light uh, as to building your portal and, and your software experience, did you use all the talent that is available in UAE or you had to you, you had to show some of the talents from around the world from different parts of the world yes we we have so the content has been built in-house um, so we have behavioral psychologist on board based in the US and she's writing the, the curriculum for us together with other partners but the tech side was built um, we had to outsource that um, so the team is in Greece but part of the uh, the software has been developed by us I see you have been uh, very much involved with various government and private and public institutions as well. A lot of hours and a lot of involvement there. Do you get a lot of private and public sector support in your initiative? Absolutely. And this is why, this is what makes our model successful because we have created an ecosystem of private sector and public sector because when you're looking at a social issue, whether it's, I mean, for us it's you know, the high rate of unemployment, poor quality education, it cannot be just the government. It cannot be a responsibility of the government. Because if you think of the, the numbers of people in government and the number, numbers of people in the private sector, the private sector outnumbers the government. So the government can put the framework in place, but the private sector has to uh, really to run and to drive that employment, the employment side. So 
we created this ecosystem um, through which we have the support of governments so we can enter a new country in Africa by working with the embassy here in the UAE and the Dubai Chamber has, an has supported us incredibly by connecting us to all the different um, embassies here. So the embassy let us into the country in Africa and then in the country we have the support from the private sector. The private sector in Dubai allows us to give training to the ladies, jobs, uh, placements basically in, uh, in hotels. So it, it's, it just works really well just because we, we have pulled together public and private sector. And also when you're trying to explain what women are able to do in the UAE, then the, the UAE government will support you. And that's a statement as well to how much they want to help women, right? I think, Phil, we have been speaking in the back-to-back -back with two, two great women who are doing a lot of stuff for women. I think previously was Julie with uh, Crunch Moms, mm. and today we have Asia with women as such and, and in different parts of the world. Absolutely, and it's very appropriate because March, this might be going out, and you can probably be listening to this at any month of the year, but March, of course, is the month where they have the International Women's Day, which was a focus, and that got the ball rolling with uh, our... Crunch Mum with Julia, didn't it? So uh, let's um, have a look now because you've had a lot to take on board in terms of setting up Evolving Women. You mentioned about the course, the structure of your training, but of course there's the, the red tape, the paperwork, and setting up a, uh, a business here in the UAE. I mean, how challenging was that for you? How did you go about it? Setting up in terms of uh, all the legal side, it was actually very straightforward. The, the challenge comes when you're trying to find a license that supports the activity, right? Because what we do in, in, in the UAE, you don't have a social enterprise license. So you have to set it up for profit, which is fine. But you also have to find a free zone where there is a corporate social responsibility license. So initially we set it up in, uh, in Fujairah. And then we moved to the MCC because the MCC was a free zone that was offering a corporate social responsibility license, which was very close to basically social enterprise. Mm. So we have had an incredible amount of support from the MCC. They are now a partner uh, in what we do. They support us not only with the license, with the office space. Um, they support us with training. With you know, many of their employees have now become mentors for our ladies. So they, we have received an incredible amount of support from them. And for the people who are not familiar, maybe listening from different parts of the UAE and outside the region, DMCC is part of New Dubai, the Dubai Multi Commodity Centre. In fact, that's where we are at the moment. That's very true. I think we, we certainly know the benefits of being DMCC and uh, I think uh, it's a great place for people to set up their uh, business. You seem to be doing really, Asia, coming back to you, really nice in terms of social development projects in Africa. Are these all non-for-profit ventures like you were just discussing about or are they funded by the various hospitality groups? And if they are not for profit, how sustainable do you think the venture is? Yes, it's a very good point and it's something that we have been sort of strategizing on for a few years now. So um, just to take a, to take a step back, um, when I started, it was actually, I, I, I wasn't planning to set up a company at all. And I went to Africa and the idea was to do these projects um, during my holidays. So I wanted to keep my corporate job and uh, um, just use my holidays to go to Africa and, and help in any way I could. Then things just um, uh, picked up very quickly and um, we had to have a website and everything. And so we had to set up a license. So the reason why I'm saying this is because... When I started, I wasn't even thinking about, okay, how do I set this up, right? Which is something you should know before you even start. So I got to a point where I was, okay, is this a charity? 
is this a not-for-profit, is this a for-profit business? So the UAE didn't offer the option. I couldn't set it up as a charity unless I had a charity elsewhere and I would open here a branch. So charity option was out off the table. So I was left with a for-profit. So I had to set it up for a for-profit. At the moment, we are running it not for profit, but that's the cho- my choice. We do this. We work on sponsorships and on admin fee for CSR from hotels, and then we have um, a sponsorship on the side. We have now uh, during COVID, we worked on three projects that will make evolving women eventually for profit. For the simple reason that um, sponsor- sponsorships are great, but if the agenda for the CSR changes the following year. So let's say this year you support women and diversity and inclusion, next year you support children, then the sponsorship, you, you can't count on the sponsorship anymore. So it's very volatile, it's very vulnerable when you work on sponsorship. So we want to move away from the model. Um, so that's why we are planning uh, um, a few projects that will make it uh, for profit, so that profit will go into the program we run now. It makes sense. It makes sense, really. Yes. So you did tell us, uh, Asia, before that because of the pandemic, you've gone more online and you're doing different courses uh, in different parts of the world. So do you plan to take the experience that you have with Africa, both online and offline, to other developing markets as well? Yes, yes, we are planning to um, uh, expand across countries, so going to differ in more countries like in India uh, and South America, and also across sector. So the way we do, we run the program in the hospitality industry. We are trying to see whether we can also scale and uh, um, expand into healthcare, maybe retail, so across across industries. Fantastic. Uh, and uh, we know that for entrepreneurship, just like you were saying in DMCC, what you're doing at the moment. For mentorship, knowledge and experience sharing is very important. Do you have a message for the entrepreneurs in the hospitality sector uh, from Middle East or Africa? As particularly it seems to us that the hospitality segment might have to undergo quite a bit of change as we go out of the pandemic and life goes back to being normal. The reality is that if you do something that is adding value, whether COVID or not COVID, you should still be able to do business. Right? And if COVID for us as an example was a way to, to really test how much value our organization was bringing to hotels because throughout COVID we're still working. For me it's about you know, trying to sit down and look at your business and think you know, what, what is the value I'm bringing because hospitality industry will still need that value whether there is a pandemic or not. I think this is the way I, I would look at it, just to, to see the silver lining and just to keep yourself positive and focus on what you're doing. The Entrepreneurial Dash. So Asya, is there a particular message you would like to give to our listeners through this podcast? Start. Just go for it. Start. Don't sit on it. Just, you know, just have, have um, a nice cup of coffee or tea. Write down a few notes, write down uh, just a draft of your business plan and just start. Move, move. move That's move, very important. Move. I agree with you totally. Now, if you uh, would like to take help or be part of Evolving Woman with Asia in our initiatives, please do connect with Asia and her team through www.evolveandwoman.com. Asia, are there any other ways they could connect with you? Um, social media. We are on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, and we are there to uh, connect. <laughs> the Entrepreneurial Dash. 
insight, stories and tips from master entrepreneur Silish Dash. Now if you think you are uniquely gifted to help entrepreneurs, professionals or have something that you would like to communicate, a product or service to the wider audience through our podcast or join us at the podcast, kindly connect with us at hello at fivetrends.com with a short write-up on your purpose and your profile and we'll get back to you soon. A little reminder, tell your associates, your friends, your business colleagues about uh, the Entrepreneurial Dash podcast series and uh, it's available on all good podcast channels and give us a big like, we, we appreciate that, okay? And uh, coming up soon, we'll have another interview special. I think we're going to go uh, lights, camera, action with a well-known uh, film director here in the UAE, but uh, we won't reveal who it is just yet. So, Asya, thank you very much indeed for joining us. Thank, thank you, you, Asya. Thank, thank you, you very much. Thank you for having me. Thank, thank you. you. The Entrepreneurial Dash. We hope you enjoyed this episode and look forward to hearing from you. So why not drop us an email? Send us an email to uh, hello at phytrends.com. That's P-H-I trends, T-R-E-N-D-S dot com. And please share the link to your colleagues and friends. Give the podcast a like and subscribe to the channel. Podcasts are now available on Apple, Google, Spotify and many other podcast channels. The Entrepreneurial Dash. Insight, stories and tips from master entrepreneur Silish Dash. Do you know which is the fastest growing programming language in the world? The one which is the most flexible, reliable and capable programming language and one which plays a major role in web development, GUI programming, big data, machine learning as well as custom enterprise solutions. You're, You're right, right. It's, it's Python. Python. It's easy to use with strong performance and a wide range of applications. For future coders like you, Viva Coder Dubai has launched the certified entry-level Python Programmer Certification Training Course. And the good news is you don't require any experience in computer programming. By joining the course, you'll be trained and ready for the PCEP Certification Examination. Enroll now. For more information, visit www.vivacoder.com. That's www.vivacoder.com. The starting place to become a future coder.